In a post-Rocky world, America turns to its sweatiest pastimes, arm wrestling and long-haul trucking. In this heartwarmingly over-the-top story, father and son will meet halfway. What I do is I, I just try to take my hat and I turn it around, and it's like a switch that goes on. And when the switch goes on, I feel like another person. I feel, I don't know, I feel like a... Hundreds of movies are released every year. Some are good, some are great, and many of them are really, really bad. We seek out those rare gems that are so exceptionally bad, they're actually good. At least when you watch them with friends. Sit back and laugh with us as we sift through the garbage. We'll share our completely unqualified reviews of some of the worst films of our lifetimes as we search for those few that are exceptionally bad. Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. All right, we just finished watching Over the Top. I'm Bracken. I'm Nate. I'm Ben. I'm Bosco. And I'm Danny. We got producer Danny over there in the corner. All right, Over the Top, 1987. Uh, Sylvester Stallone uh, movie star uh, vehicle uh, in more ways than one, I guess. Uh, <laughs> vehicle is no <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> Something was moving. Uh, uh, yeah, so this is this takes place, if you're not familiar with the Sylvester Stallone pantheon, uh, this is 1987. This is a couple years after he does Rocky IV, and then he does a movie called Cobra, uh, which I believe I have not seen, but I believe he's a cop in that. And anyway, he and he does this movie. Uh, so he's already done most of his Rocky movies. I guess at this point, Rambo. half of them. Yeah, <laughs> right. Of just <laughs> most of them, half of them. Uh, and uh, one Rambo movie. First or, Blood. Or, right. Yeah, I think I think two, maybe right. possibly. Oh, yeah. I, I can't. I keep keep that straight. But nineteen eighty seven. And we had talked about this a little bit before in uh, the background of how this movie came about when we discussed, I believe, Masters of the Universe uh, with Canon uh, Film Group and uh, what kind of went went on here. So the script was moving, kind of kicking around, and they actually wanted to get somebody else other than Sylvester Stallone. They wanted to do... Uh, Don Johnson, Don Johnson yeah. for this movie. <laughs> that would have been very different. <laughs> it's such a weird movie. <laughs> Maybe it would have had Weirder. more... Yeah, would have been know. a little more suave, less <laughs> yeah. truckery. Yeah. But can you see him as an arm wrestler? <laughs> or a trucker. <laughs> or a trucker, right. <laughs> but they decided to go with the star, so they said, yeah. you know what, we're going we're gonna to really uh, make an effort to get uh, Sylvester Stallone to be in this movie, and they... They kept uh, putting up the money, and, and finally they got to a point where he said, well, I'll take the money, and who's going to really watch this movie? Right. So, but didn't he co-write it? I, he did. He, he's got a writing credit on yeah, here. Yeah, screenplay credit. Uh, I believe he got $12 million to make this movie, which was a lot of money for wow. 1987. I, I hear he... <laughs> I heard it, like, he was it like just... the most Oh, yeah, he, he was getting paid the most at that time. It kind of messed up things <laughs> absolutely wow. after after rocky four and, yeah. and all the successes that he'd had to that point i wish someone paid me 12 million for something like this oh, yeah man. oh man 
Well, I mean, he, he obviously did more than just acting on this. He did uh, writing and uh, believed that the director of this had just produced. He's also a, got a producing credit. Yeah. Uh, Men- Menachem Golan. Thank you. And he had uh, produced uh, Cobra. Okay. For Sylvester Stallone before. I was going to say before. that sounded like a. Uh, yeah, I don't know what kind of. <laughs> I don't know what the relationship was, but they had worked with him before, and yep. and uh, not in the not with Rocky per se, but with other those other things. Yeah. So what? Before we get going, uh, why don't we get a little summary of the plot, or the, just a, a a synopsis? Sure, I can do that. Uh, so it's about a truck driver who abandoned his son. 10 years ago when his son was two and now wants to be part of his son's life. And so he picks him up from military school and on the ride home, uh, the son starts to fall in love with him again, or his son who doesn't even recognize him, uh, decides that he likes him uh, after his dad teaches him to drive a big rig and arm wrestle. And the dad is going to do an arm wrestling tournament in Las Vegas, and the grandfather is trying to fight for custody of this boy because the mother dies, and there's an arm wrestling tournament at the end, and uh, everybody lives happily ever after. Except the mom. Except the mom. Who, and really the who boy. dies. And, <laughs> yeah, well, the mom. I, I would say grandpa does. Grandpa's still rich. Yeah, grandpa's still rich, fine. right? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's... <laughs> That's basically the story. Nice. So what were some of the things that stood out to you as far as like the, the evil grandfather? Uh, it, I didn't think he was a villain. I mean, he was he was set up to be the villain, but he made a yeah. lot of good points. He he very easily could have been turned into the villain. Like he, he was fully positioned and even acting like a villain, except that every argument that he had was a valid argument. <laughs> Well, yeah. and you, you learn th- throughout the movie that the dad has been writing yeah. and trying to communicate with his son this whole time. Y- you are left to believe that it's grandpa and grandpa somehow was like orchestrated the separation. Right. And then also was preventing a relationship. But then you find out later <laughs> that it was the mom right. that was tucking away all these <laughs> letters. So, I mean, really, is the mom the mom bad, is the villain. The guy yeah. Convenient, She's right? Dead. Yeah. So, I mean, what what are the arguments that the the grandfather has against? Like, the grandfather wants custody of this kid. He's raised this boy kind of as his son for the last ten years. Well, there's some insinuation that he's uh, trafficked drugs that his grandfather told, told the grandson. Yeah. And I guess he's got the wrong impression of his father, right? Uh, from what uh, Sylvester Stone character says, but. Other than that reference early in the movie, yeah. the the grandfather really just wants to keep Sylvester Stallone away from his his just own doesn't son. Doesn't approve of him. That's the yeah. that's the most blatantly cruel or right. evil thing or villainous thing that he does is tries to keep them apart. Right. right. Well, I mean, and also Stallone did abandon his wife and son. For a decade. Uh, for a decade. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. N- they didn't even divorce. They're still married. Yeah. Right? He just left them. <laughs> so uh, the grandpa has that against him. Which which he said he regretted. Right. You know. Yeah. But, well, we believe him. But yeah. well, he also said it was the only mistake he made. Yep. Was leaving. Right. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, can, hold on, though. I mean, <laughs> grandpa is disgustingly rich. Yes. 
his wife obviously is going to inherit a ton of money. Why on earth right. would you go into long haul trucking? Right. Yes. Like, no, actually, this is the life for me, not <laughs> caviar and <laughs> my ties on the weekend. Which makes uh, you wonder how they met in the first place and how right. that all came about. Maybe it was some Romeo and also, Juliet kind I of I bet thing. she's an arm wrestling fan. Oh, that's probably what it was. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I thought she she's an arm wrestling groupie. <laughs> we probably shouldn't think about this too much. Right? Well, so Grandpa, like, later on the film, like, tries to buy him off. Yeah. Uh, and wants to give him a new truck. That, and, the, and the trailer says Cutler, which is the Grandpa's name his last name so you're like it was he like a shipping magnet is like oh yeah is this, right is this is this just the industry and maybe you know his daughter was slumming it down at the truck stop and fell in love with sly stallone's character i mean none of this we don't know we know yeah, nothing we about know. this yeah. right but, yeah but uh i mean grandpa other than like just trying to keep them apart everything he said i mean his daughter so his daughter is a mystery illness we don't know we know yeah. she dies during surgery and so Grandpa is distraught because he's lost his only daughter, and now he's going to lose his only other relative to, in his opinion, the deadbeat father. And he, he even says that to Sly. He's like, look, like you didn't have anything. You walked away from this. He's like, I've raised this kid for 10 right. years. My daughter just died. Like This is the only family I have. And in that moment, you're like, uh, I'm signing with Grandpa. Here. Right, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It makes it hard for this to kind of progress, right? Yeah. To understand the motivation and it kind of lags and you're kind of like, well, maybe he should stay with his grandfather. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, let's circle back to the mom for a yeah. little bit. So she's in the <laughs> hospital. Any, I mean, I was definitely getting some Guardians of the Galaxy vibes. Totally. You know, we're thinking she's yeah. got cancer. Right. We obviously know she's not doing well. She doesn't right. look good. But, it's um, the 80s. It's the 80s. I mean, Bosco, what did you think of her and what, what kind of vibe were you getting off of her? You know, I was getting a uh, David Bowie from Labyrinth vibe from her. Um, <laughs> it was a little distracting. Yes. Um, it, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling because in my mind, she's the villain. She, <laughs> she did nothing to help bring these two father and son together yeah, including never telling the son anything about her his you father know, she right had several to the point opportunities that the boy didn't recognize him when he saw him the first time yes, right yes and it's not like they weren't in communication right like she got all the letters yep. and she was sending him letters and letters pictures and, pictures and, and everything yeah, so it was weird i i don't know i i honestly think mom's the villain in all of this and i think the universe struck back and struck her down yeah <laughs> she kind of she had a, <laughs> that sounds harsh she but kind of had a heart I mean, like she had a broken heart of some of some kind and of everybody in this movie like right i mean even even the competitors the, the, the arm wrestling competitors yes. they're like they're just like aggressive sports aggressive like i mean they even like shake hands like, and at the stuff end. So at it's the like, end yeah it's not even like they're like you know they're aggressive and getting over the top with the way that they're uh, approaching this but yeah. like <laughs> she's the only one that is like overtly doing horrible things right mm -hmm. she's played by susan blakely who's been in lots of uh she's got quite a uh, extensive career i honestly don't recognize her for much but she has a lot her. of credits she had worked with uh sylvester stallone once before uh on a, on a previous movie and she'd also worked with robert uh, loggia 
uh, previous to this movie as well, who plays her dad, um, who's the who's the evil, I guess, the villainous grandfather, uh, Jason Cutler. Uh, Robert Loggia, again, he's you, you recognize him. He's been in hundreds of things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Falcon, she, I think they were on Falcon Crest together with Susan Blakely. Uh, any thoughts to the performances in this movie from uh, these from these guys? I mean, <laughs> uh, so nothing stood out as absolutely atrocious to me. Uh, in fact, Stallone, I think because he was kind of whispering through the whole thing, like he, he was really mm-hmm. kind of toned down. He was yeah. like the mm-hmm. opposite of over the top uh, in this. And... Uh, I mean, it had the the normal Stallone kind of lack of of emotion, <laughs> yeah. but uh, it wasn't horrible. I mean, it was probably more words than I've ever heard Stallone say in a movie. <laughs> right, yeah. At least at that time. Uh, what about the son, David Mendenhall? Any thoughts on him? I know he was nominated for two Razzies for this. I think he, he won. Was. Oh, he won, yeah. For the worst like, actor and worst... worst New, new actor new, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Newcomer, new new actor. David Mendenhall has been in a lot of stuff. He was a really big child actor in the eighties. Was he? And he was. I and don't I even wanted recognize to him. I wanted to talk about him a little bit because I recognized him a lot because oh, yeah? I knew him in this movie. So he had been in. He had been on different strokes. He had been on a General Hospital at the same time that John Stamos was. Now, this is the early 80s, so he actually got a gig on General Hospital uh, when he was four years old and was on for like a good three years uh, before this came out. Much younger kid at the time. But this is when General Hospital was like the number one soap opera in its heyday. Like Demi Moore was on there, Rick Springfield, and John before John Stamos went on to become... Uh, in you know the guy in Full House, yeah. this was uh, a big deal. So he this was he was he was in <laughs> a lot of stuff, and and then there was also he was on the very famous episode of Different Strokes when uh, Nancy Reagan sh- showed up and did her you know no don't do drugs cameo, which was a big okay. '80s juggernaut. So he was one of the kids on that as he well. He was from Punky Brewster. And, yeah, he was on Punky Brewster, and he was also on Taxi. He was the daughter oh, okay. of. Uh, he was the daughter. I'm sorry, the son of the. Uh, the uh, I I'm can't remember her name. Questioning. Uh, on, just, on Taxi. I can see it. No, 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 no. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what, what's her name on Taxi? Um, Not one I watched. Sorry. Sorry. No. Was this, that a show? Are you, you know serious? Hey, get out. Or was it a movie? <laughs> no, Taxi was a TV show with Danny DeVito. Yeah. And uh, it, uh, just a second here. What was Taxi? This is, there, the, taxi I, so is, Taxi is was a from 1970s. Okay? Age difference between us, which shows the age differences. Just a second. We, we're going to need to edit this, but man. I, think. I don't think I've ever, actually don't think I've ever heard of Taxi. Talk about Taxi Driver? Uh, so it had mm. Judd Hirsch, Jeff Conway, and uh, he was on the show and was the son of... <laughs> My parents uh, used to watch it. Yeah. Mary Lou Henner and Tony Danza before he was Who's the Boss. Yeah. Mm. They And are you serious? Like, <laughs> uh, And then Christopher Lloyd, that's how he got his career 
going before he Back was like to the future the, one, like and the andy super kaufman driver andy yeah. kaufman was on that yeah like do you know okay well it was it was a really big show <laughs> it's okay What's you've heard of taxis, taxis though, like right? you know those actors right <laughs> okay anyway uh so he was uh a semi he was on a couple episodes there so it, those were big shows and so we'll take your word for it he so, was a big child star i would have to say then uh knowing that now i didn't think he did a very good job i felt like it was poorly acted yeah uh, i mean his I feel like he earned those razzies yeah i didn't realize he had a lot of experience by this time so so yeah he's much older than he was in all of that stuff yeah. that he's done up to that point this is kind of towards the end where he's a little bit older uh i was surprised mm-hmm. that there were a lot of line deliveries that were very flat oh yeah he he did nail some of the scenes where he's crying or mm-hmm. he showed some you know he was really like getting along with his father but there were a lot of lines that you're like they needed to redo that line yeah. because it was just not or rewrite the line maybe because it was just falling so short. uh uh notoriously menachem golan when he uh, he just wants to get the movie done when he's directing it and so he like takes one take and says it's done so it's possible that that kid could have done it after a couple of takes, but Menachem Golan is like, okay, no, that's good enough. Let's move on to the next one. Hmm. I don't know that for sure, but I know that that's the way he worked for a lot of his movies. That's so. also that's always the you know the actor's nightmare, right? They're, yeah. all, they're only as good as their worst take, or right. at least the take that gets put into the film. Right. Hmm. So he could have maybe done a little bit better job if they'd, yeah. they'd done that. Who but. Knows? little awkward on some of the dialogue scenes between him and sylvester stallone yeah he's playing against stone face stallone yeah as well and like totally low-key low-key grandfather always said you were a loser now you're trying to make me one and i hate you for it mike i don't care what your grandfather thinks about me okay all i care about is you now you lost back there because you beat yourself yeah. Hey, sorry that I abandoned you for the past ten years. I mean, do, do you want to yeah. drive my truck? So Life put meets you halfway. Yeah. Remember that. I was gonna say. Life doesn't is. meet you halfway. So Whatever. The world <laughs> doesn't meet you halfway. The world. Yeah. So that's too much energy. That's not how. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really good point. So I I kept hearing that line, and they kept talking about the world doesn't meet you halfway. Yeah. And that, and then we hear this song in the movie. <laughs> Anyone want to talk about this? I think it was on one time. <laughs> what? You didn't, you didn't catch it. Uh, no, so remember there's this whole thing about double elimination? Yeah. So that movie was played at least twice before it could be eliminated from the movie. I, I think it I was it, at least think, three times. Yeah, I think I heard it four times. Yeah. And then even like a little piano There was theme, a piano riff right? later, yeah. yeah. Didn't you say that... What song the, was it for our listeners? It, I think it's, it's Meet Me Halfway, right? That's yeah. right, by Kenny Loggins. By Kenny Loggins. Yeah. So the, the same guy who wrote the score for top gun wrote this score right and kenny loggins kenny loggins no kenny loggins didn't, he write didn't the do score. the score oh. but he sang the song <laughs> yeah. anyway you can tell because top gun danger zone is played over and over and oh, over yeah. again same thing with this movie yeah yeah it uh it, it it's it's quite a juxtaposition to his philosophy he's trying to teach his son that uh, that the world won't meet you halfway, but then Kenny Loggins keeps telling you to meet him halfway across the sky. <laughs> the world meets nobody halfway. Remember that. You gotta do what's best for you. 
explain that. Like, What does it even mean? What, either side of that. Either the world will not meet you halfway. Does that mean, like, you're going to get screwed? Yeah. Uh, or, like, I, I mean, again, I keep going back to, like, he married this richly. <laughs> He's like, nope. I'm out. The world's not meeting me halfway here. I'm going to go take my lemons and leave. You know? and yeah. But then, like, if anything, the world met him right at his doorstep. He's like, right. The world came straight up and was pounding on his door to let him in. He's like, mm, I don't know. And then, but then the other side of that, like, meet me halfway beyond the sky. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think Kenny Loggins just made this song. He's like, I really want this song to play. So they had to have some sort of catchphrase in the movie of meet me halfway <laughs> right. i feel like it's it no those, uh, those american idol winter thing. songs that are just kind of saccharine yeah, yeah. inspirational well, it was a popular song yeah i mean don't i mean it was well received the song was i i remember hearing it a lot on the radio but it, it won an award for being played a lot on the radio it just doesn't Makes sense. The radio with the play theme. Award. I, I didn't get it. No, I mean it's like if you okay going back to to the danger zone. If 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 you had the movie Highway to the Danger Zone and the entire movie they just keep saying don't get anywhere near the danger zone. <laughs> yeah, right. you must stay yes. off of that highway. <laughs> get on the geriatric side path. That's the where you want to be. That's how this movie plays. That like, that's right. It's like, the, the whole point of the song is the exact oh, opposite man. advice he gives multiple times throughout the movie. It doesn't make any sense. Oh man, it's, that's perfectly said. Yeah. Also, I need to put in a quick plug in for Kenny Loggins. Um, if you guys don't know him, look up Kenny Loggins' uh, music video for Danger Zone. It's the greatest thing. You've ever seen. So of the, of the, of the three Loggins <laughs> songs, for those who didn't live it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so True. after Top Gun, you've got three Loggins songs we can talk about. Like you got Take Meet Me Halfway, yep. at Danger Zone, and then you got Playing with the Boys, right? Uh, and, I, yeah. and I would just say yeah. as a song, Meet Me Halfway is number three of yeah. those songs. Yeah, and uh, but yeah, it, I think so. I'm totally reading into this because the movie doesn't really spell it out, but. My thought is that villain mom is like, oh crap! It's like I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be dying here. What, what what should I do? Oh, I know. I'll force these boys together, and my spoiled brat son can spend some time with his working class. Pull yourself up from your bootstraps because the world's not gonna meet you halfway. Leave my rich wife, dad. <laughs> and so his dad's trying to teach him some life lessons that not everything's gonna be handed to you. That's. That was, a, you know, how we talked about the serial killer made the story more interesting. Right, yeah. <laughs> I connected those dots in my head to make this movie make more sense. Yeah. So, I mean, if you do the math of it, though, I mean, his garbage truck that he's yep. been driving around for 10 years. Not an actual garbage truck. Does, no, sorry. Yes. His, yes. Piece Junkie of, truck. Piece of crap truck. truck yeah. yeah. Doesn't even have a cab, a sleeper cab. Yeah. And so that's what he starts with he ends the movie with a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar truck yeah so somehow the richness of his wife and extended family and his super poor garbage lifestyle have met halfway mm-hmm. that's and he's right. still driving trucks <laughs> but a really nice one that's right with so a big really sleeper did meet cab him in halfway. the back yeah okay i'm done you're right i got nothing else to say right. like this is we a fantastic life story yeah <laughs> So I think, <laughs> I, I think they keep mentioning the two hundred fifty thousand dollars truck. So I'm reading this from IMDb. So I guess we get we take grain this with a grain of salt that it's true. 
John Brzenk, it's B-R-Z-E-N-K, the real-life arm wrestler who inspired Lincoln Hawk character, won in the truckers class of the actual over-the-top tournament and won the Volvo white truck and trail mobile trailer that were the grand prize was worth about 250000 wow. He then took the truck on a tour across the country to promote the film. He later <laughs> sold it and bought a 1987 Corvette. Oh, dang, I was hoping it would be a forerunner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, the big surprise there to me is that this is based off of like an actual tournament, hmm. and there is an actual trucker class. I thought they made that up yeah. for the movie. Yeah, yeah we, we got quite a chuckle out of that. Well, the seamstress class just wasn't right. Yeah, it's just not as exciting. Was that one of the women's classes? That, that was <laughs> right. that, that was what I loved about it was like they mentioned like oh, and the women are competing for half the prize money of the men. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't even half. Nobody cares. They didn't even show the yeah. finale. They yeah. show yeah. them there, throughout like, like all the semifinals, and they're like, and okay, and that was the women. And that was the women. Yeah. They show a few clips of the women arm wrestling. And so we were like, why was this? <laughs> yeah, why did they bother showing that it's, to us? Is this a good time for someone to explain over the top? Why did they name it over the top? What was well, this special? I guess that's the name of the tournament. Move. Yeah. yeah, I think that must have been the actual name of the tournament. Which, but it's his special Secret move. move. So he's a complete unknown in the sport. <laughs> he has a some kind of like. I don't know. What would you call that? <laughs> like, like, like truck. A, you know when you're doing like uh, the uh, tricep pull downs? Like uh-huh. Yeah. Like a, like a, like a At homemade. A gym. Yeah. Like yeah. a homemade one of those, but it's in his truck and he's just using it to practice arm wrestling. His right arm going up and down, pulling yeah. the weight that's yeah. sliding up and down the back of his truck. And somehow he's developed this technique where. None of us arm wrestle, to be clear. So if anybody knows arm wrestling, whatever you don't know what I do on the weekends. But his technique is to completely shift his handhold and do the thumb. Put his thumb. You know that trick that your dad did to you, where he's like, "I'm gonna make my thumb disappear," or not disappear, but like break your thumb off, break the thumb off thing, where you're like, "Woo woo." Um, That's the move that he does that while he's arm wrestling, and somehow that gives him. Like 4x strength because he only ever uses it when he's losing. Right. He's like 90% lost. He flips the little thumb thing and then he could he could beat him yeah. handedly. Uh, his other secret move is he turns his hat, hat around. Backwards. Tell us about that a little bit. So, why does he do that? It, so, <laughs> I, I, there's got to be some significance. I, I, from what I remember, it gives him special powers, <laughs> makes him feel like a different person. I think Bracken has the exact quote. I you want to. Give us it in your best. Do it in your best sly. Uh, (laughs) Which is zero emotion. Uh, Too much emotion, Bracken. (laughs) Sorry, I don't have that. He says, what I do is I turn my hat around backwards, and then it's like there's a switch that turns on. And and then I'm like different, like I'm a truck. I'm a machine. (laughs) A machine. So so he says that, so they have these little... um, like competitor side interviews or the finalists. And that's yeah. what he says in one of it's his finalist fi- interviews. Yeah, like the wrestling interviews or whatever in between matches. <laughs> almost like a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, and that that's what, that's, it, well, the first, they have two of them. The first one, he's like, yeah. So everyone's like, if I win, it's because I'm awesome. And and the, the villain wrestler guy is like, I'm just here to break arms and yeah. break records. And, and he's just like, yeah, yeah, I just really love the truck. I mean... <laughs> 
truck would be awesome. <laughs> tell you the truth, the truck is uh, the, the most important thing for me. I, I don't really, it doesn't matter if I uh, become the champion or anything. That's, that's not the most important. I, I need this truck. <laughs> I mean, early on in the movie, though, Michael makes an assessment of his dad. It's like, you know, they say that adults have roughly a, what a, a fifteen-year-old uh, brain. Yeah. I don't remember how he says that. Intelligence. And, you level. know, he's like, yeah. well, a truck driver's got to be somewhere between eleven and thirteen, and then. Sly makes a big point to disprove him, like, well, clearly I wouldn't be able to drive a truck. However, Mike goes on to actually drive who said truck. Who is a 12-year-old. Who is a 12-year-old. That quote is absolutely something an 11-year-old would say. <laughs> you can't beat me. I turned my head backwards. I have superpowers now. I'm going to put my fingers over your thumb. Yeah. Well, and almost every time he wins, he like cocks his arm back and then flips it. Yes. It seems like, and they've been struggling for minutes. I, yeah, which, still... is, which would probably actually be pretty tough in an actual arm wrestling. And then he's just like, oh, I'm going to flip my arm back and then I'm going to, then I'm going to pin yours down. It's, come on, this uh, arm wrestling is so, such a dumb sport to be doing this about. I mean, look, this is Stallone from Rocky. It's this, I mean, there's this pattern that happens in any dramatic story where the hero starts to lose, starts to lose, and then gets inspired and comes back at the end, right? And it's like, oh, just when everything is horrible, it turns around. And in arm wrestling, it's, <laughs> my, my arm is now 45 degrees one way. What yeah. am I going to do? <laughs> now it's all the way over the other <laughs> it's like whoa so so much drama yeah the final (laughs) arm wrestling showdown right how long does this thing actually go on the screen in real time so the final was like as long as the whole arm wrestling thing all together yeah Yeah. the whole tournament together i mean there was a little bit of slow-mo so it was hard to tell but and there was a lot of like close pans but i mean it was at least three to five minutes of them like struggling where all the other ones like the montage of right. the entire rest of the thing was like seven minutes. Yeah, and it's a lot of like and it's, fifteen second matches. Yeah, it's you're seeing the whole match mm. during yeah. those that montage. You're seeing all of these full matches that last three, five, ten yeah. seconds. seconds. Yeah. So, um, so they, I think they messed up in the script <laughs> because what he they. Because they say it's the semifinal. That's right. And then they go and there's still four competitors. I yeah. was like, I think you meant the quarterfinal. <laughs> you know, because his, his his wrestling match against the, yeah. the guy from the Teamsters yep. was like a second. Yep. And then the Teamster guy got real ticked. He's like, I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. Right. And, and like mobs of like referees have to rush the, like, to <laughs> Pull the guy him off back. the floor. Yeah. Uh, the other part of the script that was broken was the double elimination. <laughs> It's so blatant. Let's explain this. Hold on. That's, <laughs> I, I got to say, that's not the only. <laughs> yeah, so they, they beat it down your throat that the arm wrestling tournament is double elimination. The announcer is saying yeah. this to the crowd. Over and over and over. So to any listener who's not aware of a, a double elimination tournament, um, if, you, as if, if a competitor loses one time, they still have another chance. You have to lose twice to be eliminated. Is Thus, that what the double that's the, the double du- elimination means? <laughs> I, I I'm gonna go out on a limb and say if it was a triple elimination. Got it. Three. 
Okay. Yeah, I'm thinking. Okay. And the thing is that you don't even have to know that much because the announcer actually says what you just said. He literally gives like the <laughs> over and dictionary over. definition. Yeah. Right after lose he twice, loses one time, he's like, I want to make very clear, folks, this is double elimination. He only lost one time. He can still come back because it's double elimination, which means you have to lose twice. He's only lost one time. It's like, why are you going to so much detail about the dude that just lost? How about you celebrate the guy that just won? Right? Oh, he was totally over the top. Because he's not the it. main character. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. So that got a little confusing because we get to the final, right? And, and he, his competitor, he beats the competitor who has been flawless so far. He's not lost a single so match. He doesn't lose once, yeah. right? Right. So his only loss is in the final. So, so <laughs> what what happened to the double elimination? Yeah, he should have had to do it twice. Or maybe it's just in the earlier rounds. What well, it now actually that means is two people have to be eliminated mm-hmm. at some point during the, <laughs> the oh. competition. Sly eliminated him at the end. Okay. Well, they, yeah. they their hands break out because it's like the sweatiest competition on earth. So they then they have to go to the strap. Yeah. Because yeah. their hands slipped apart. Right? Oh, because yeah. everybody's so sweaty through yeah. this well, and whole the, thing. And the other guy, the bull, his name is Bull. The guy. Okay. They, yeah. He punches him. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When bull, their hands are strapped. Yeah, yeah. When they're strapped together, and then he punches Sly's character in the face. The refs do no nothing. repercussions. Yeah. 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 There's, yeah, there's nothing. He's gushing blood out of his and nose. And he's like, and... your nose hurt. <laughs> so I'm not a big wrestler fan. Are, are there any wrestler fans here? I have been known to be a wrestler fan. I'm not currently, but... I, I know that there were several pro wrestlers that made cameos in this movie. I didn't recognize I, any of them. I didn't recognize any either. I mean, I'm not a... I'm not into wrestling. I don't know. That's shocking. Who were the wrestlers? But, do you know? Like I even I uh, actually saw guy, some. Terry of them. Funk has a cameo oh, as okay. one of Robert uh, Logia's thugs. So oh, I don't okay. know who that was. The, oh, that I was do the grandfather. That yeah, yeah. So he was a pro wrestler, and then um, it says that there are be- there are several cameos. Um, let's see. Um, Funk was the henchman that finally got his his uh, comeuppance yeah oh he's the one uh, who got pushed through the, the door, door. Yeah. yeah okay that's why i recognized um, him and so i i think that there were some other wrestlers too that they had tried to get in uh to make cameos but some of them got drunk before they even got on set and, <laughs> and, and nice. so didn't even make it into the movie is from what i read uh this movie had its own toy toy line uh, but for a short time, let's rush out and buy the toys. Uh, there were <laughs> toys sold for uh, like action figures of uh, Sylvester Stallone's character's name. And I looked on eBay. You can actually still, if you look over the top toys, you can still find do. They some. have like yeah. uh, play action arm wrestle. Motion. I think <laughs> so. I think it's one of those uh, spring loaded yeah. things. Yeah, spring loaded yeah, exactly. yeah. That would be <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. Uh, and from what I read, uh, Roger Ebert did uh, got pinned in real life, the, the movie critic, by uh, Sylvester Stallone and was, like, threatened by Stallone not to... He could say bad things about the movie, but he but couldn't say bad things Stallone. about him. <laughs> uh, which is, I don't know, it's on the internet, so it must be true, right? Um, I don't know what to say. I do have a book of Roger Ebert movies uh, i hate hate hated this movie and surprisingly enough over the top is not listed oh, yeah. in that book 
Which you he's think, still fearing for his life. Like That's he's right. probably yeah. He's still uh, still now. Yeah, yeah even now. now. Yeah, after he's dead. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I just thought that was interesting. Uh, let's see. So I I remember reading that they uh, <laughs> couldn't use actual arm wrestlers in this because uh, they all looked so massive compared to Stallone. Like Stallone was cut, but he he's slim and trim he's not gigantic strong man that they would, did yeah. not do a good job of that because literally <laughs> every single other person on screen except for the kids that he makes his son wrestle right. in some diner stallone is much right. smaller than and Stallone. i mean he's not a small guy no. but it's like putting kevin hart next to the yeah. rock like he stands out a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It, again, here at IMDb, it says that they originally wanted arm wrestling champion Cleve Dean, but he was so massive compared to Stallone that it would have looked it wouldn't have looked believable. <laughs> so they went with professional wrestler Ox Baker. When Baker didn't pan out, they went to the guy uh, who, Zoom Walter, however yeah. he says last name. But that that and that guy was a hundred pounds heavier. I mean, like they even say it in the thing that yeah. he's got a hundred pounds on Stallone, and it's all in his arms. I mean, yeah, yeah it was. And his mustache. Uh, when, yeah. we, when, we, when we sat down to watch it and we're like, has anyone seen this? Uh, I was like, I, I saw it when I was a kid. I think Ben said yeah. the same thing. And I said, I kind of remember three things. There's arm wrestling. There's truck driving. And it's like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, who you think of as a bodybuilder, right. is up against these people that make him look like a little kid. Yeah. And that yeah. was those the only things I remembered about the movie. Well, the turning around of the hat. I remember right. that. But to, yeah. And so... Uh, I get. I gotta say, the teamster, the the black guy, teamster guy that he beats like yeah. in a second. Budweiser mm-hmm. branded guy. Yeah, yeah. He he looked like he was about the on par with. Yeah, they Stallone. they were. About yeah, they the looked same pretty build. Yeah, I mean, so we t- we're joking about the double elimination, but him getting <laughs> eliminated against that guy, we did. We then got the scene where the guy drinks the motor oil. Right. Yeah. First he ate the yeah. cigar. He eats a cigar yeah. and then he drinks motor oil to to pump himself up. So and. That, that was great. What, I'm kind, sure... what kind of motor oil was that? <laughs> that was Valvoline. Oh, it was Valvoline. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And he chased that down later with Alka-Seltzer. <laughs> it's a double, <laughs> double product placement. Double product placement. Valvoline. <laughs> Alka-Seltzer. Uh, Cuban cigars. I right. don't know that Alka-Seltzer does, but doesn't Valvoline play a big role in Mac and Me? <laughs> <laughs> there was what, what what else was in this movie duracell uh brute brute, brute, brute yes yep. uh, cologne smell like a man uh, isn't Carl's that what it's said <laughs> yeah, smell Pepsi. like bacon like, oh, uh, there's like a whole i mean it's like a, a, con- like a convention, convention in las thing. vegas right yeah. and there's so all the these hilton. booths that they they cut away to the hilton, the hilton yeah. hotel yeah there was a lot of twa twa um Carter, Some other trucking lines. Carter Trucking. Yeah. Yeah, Cutler. Cut- Even <laughs> Kathy Flowers, which was nothing. It was just a building. Yeah. A lot of, lot of product placement in this movie, though. Yeah. Um, and a hospital that was probably actually in a mall. Yeah. <laughs> Most of this movie was shot in Las Vegas, although I, I thought I saw some Los, Los Angeles stuff in this. Uh, speaking of where it was shot, let's talk about when he lets his son drive the car like he teaches him so this is his oh, yeah. lesson about oh you think i'm so dumb let's see if you can drive a big rig and then he teaches him to drive like the boy picks it up like well, pretty quickly t- because does, he's he's been go-karting before does he really teach his son to drive <laughs> no he does doesn't he, really teach he just he kind just, of has he makes him sit behind the wheel right and he says you're gonna drive yep 
and and they are like on the side of the road in a desert cliff a dry desert arizona or not arizona nevada desert right with sagebrush and stuff out there (laughs) that's where they start and that's what is outside the windows while they are when the camera's in the cab with them and cars are driving by yeah (laughs) so it's not like an abandoned road this 12 year old driving a big rig for the first time ever well Okay. And then what what happens when we cut to the outside? Well, then it's like this wonderful, lush, like, farmland yeah. road that's completely abandoned. <laughs> Flat on both sides. Yeah. Everything's yeah. Green. green. There's green trees. And then what? They cut back into the cab. Yeah. And, and it's a desert back outside in the, desert. the windows. And there's like and... <laughs> mountainside with rocks. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So, so what is it? Lincoln. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, it's, he's obviously Link? been. Hawk. Lincoln. Lincoln Hawk. You have to be careful with the names in this movie because his son is Mike and I'll let you fill in the rest. But he, his whole life is just a string of bad decisions. Yes. Right? So he leaves his rich wife and his kid. Who he loves. Who he loves 10 years later. Right. um, And so leaves them. Starts off. He shows up late to literally every important event in his entire life her funeral picking up his son yeah he shows up to his son's life 10 years late he shows up to his military school graduation Graduation. late (laughs) he shows up to his wife's death late oh that's right the hospital shows up to her funeral late Does he do anything correctly in this entire movie? I think he's on time to the tournament, though he might be late because he has to sell his truck to Raiden. That's yes. right. Yeah. <laughs> they were also calling for like the final for the final match, and he was just sitting there staring at the truck, and it was like, "Oh, me? Yeah." Then he, oh, that's right. So it's like, like the dramatic like turnaround. You call yeah. my name? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like in Cool as Ice when you had all those like pan shots of Vanilla Ice looking cool. Yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, I know he's trying to be a good dad, but I'm like, bro, it's ten years too late. Yeah. You obviously don't care enough to show up at any time for anything. Uh, except when he's getting kidnapped. That's right. So, Mike gets kidnapped. He... So... Where those? Where did those kidnappers so come that from? Was, so I thought that was an opportunity for Grandpa to be like, "Oh, I Grandpa sent bad guys out there to go, to go steal right. my son or my grandson back." But it totally evaporates. I yeah. think as he's chasing him off, I think Lincoln uh, is yelling something effective, like, "You know, it makes it seem like it's one of the wrestlers, like oh, oh, to discourage like him or the, something. Uh, like, I'm gonna throw you off your game for yeah, Vegas because yeah, yeah. they keep pumping up Vegas, like." These guys just kidnap his son in the parking lot. Yeah. The the grandfather does say earlier on, though, to some of his lawyers, and I I need to get my son back. I need to find where he is. So I kind of thought it was. Right. I mean, they were goons from the grandfather, but you're right. I don't think they were. Well, I think that Lincoln does say, when the boy says, Who were those? And he says, Talk to your grandpa or something like that. Oh, maybe I missed that then. I'm I'm not sure. That might have been in my own head. I I think he says it, but I don't think that it ever gets mentioned again. Like, I don't think. It doesn't cut to the scene where you think it would, where the grandpa's like, oh, they failed. Yeah. We've got to try something Nothing's else. Nothing's ever like, mentioned that again. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was just weird. So Sylvester Stallone was interviewed about this movie uh, later on, and he looked back and he said he would have done a few things differently. And this is what he said. <laughs> he says, I would have made it less glossy and set it more in an urban environment, for one. Next, I would have not used a never-ending stream of rock songs, but scored music instead, and most yeah. likely would have made the event in Las in Vegas more ominous, not so carnival-like. Ah, uh, yeah. So... There were a couple, I mean, the, the big standout to me, as far as the music goes, is the Meet Me Halfway, Kenny Loggins, because we hear that at least twice, uh, the real version, and then there's like a, just an instrumental version yeah. over some stuff. But the, the, the this movie had a soundtrack, it, it's had Winner Take, Takes It All by Sammy Hagar, mm-hmm. uh, In the Country, Robin Zander with uh, Eddie Money, and then it had uh, Take It Higher, which was over the closing credits by Larry Green. Uh, so it had all these songs, uh, Gypsy Soul by Asia, uh, I Will Be Strong by Eddie Money. I, I didn't remember. So I, I was trying to pay attention to that. I don't remember those. I what, mean, what was that weird romantic song that they played <laughs> over the, so they've been, they, they've met, <laughs> they've been together in the car <laughs> or for about, or let's say six to eight hours. Right. Right. They're pulling off the side of the road to take a nap again. There is no cabin. It's right. literally just a bench seat in this thing. Yeah, they fall asleep in the cab, sitting up. In the morning, it it's like a starts training playing. Montage. The, yeah, it's like a training montage. The sun's coming up. It's probably "Mind Over Matter" by Larry Green. I think that's probably yeah. it. It was the like a weirdest pick song. for that because it's the kind of thing that you would play. Like, oh, the two main leads have finally hooked up, and right. this is They're the morning after, time. or right. they're finally realizing they love each other. Right. Not a father and son workout video. Yeah, Let's talk weird. about that drive. Yeah. So he, the commander at the school kind of forces him to go with his dad because it was his mom's wishes. Yep. They're going along and it's, the kid's being very formal. Calling him sir constantly. Yeah. And then he's like, can you pull over? I feel sick. And so they're <laughs> on the highway. And he does. Excuse me. Then the kid jumps out. Mike starts running across the freeway. All the lanes of traffic. Towards the cars. Yeah, and towards... So then Sly tackles him into the median in the middle. And tears his sleeve tears off. Tears his sleeve yeah. off his jacket. And then they cross the other lanes of traffic. And then he's then he's just hugging him from behind, like getting, trying to get him to calm down. And we're like, wow, this is the 80s. Because <laughs> if it were these days, the, there would be cops just swarming. Everywhere. Yeah. He'd like, be dead. Yeah. Would, yeah. That, that was, that's total abduction scenario. Yeah. yeah. And then... After that, then they go and they go to and they park. They just pull off the road, and he's like, "We're gonna sleep in the cab." And it's creeping me out. And then and then he's like, "You know, you can you lay your head on my shoulder as a pillow." And the kid's like, "Nah, I'm good." True. And, <laughs> and we were just like, I was just like, man. This is weird. You yeah. Know, you know those HR videos that they make you watch? Like, this is this is appropriate and inappropriate. Right, Work, yes. Workplace behavior. <laughs> this is the, okay, folks, let's talk about what he did wrong in this situation. <laughs> yeah. You've totally. got a 12-year-old boy in the car alone with a man. <laughs> yeah. Do you say, hey, you sleep here, I'll sleep back outside? Or do you say, hey, you can sleep on my shoulder? <laughs> <laughs> so what's interesting is I didn't really, you know, I didn't get that vibe too much, but what was interesting to me is that when he very 
when he gets to be picked up at the very beginning of the movie, he doesn't recognize his father at all. Right. He's a complete stranger. Total stranger. And then he gets him in. So he, he finally gets to pick up his son. He takes him in his truck. Well, he gets into his truck and we immediately see all these photos of his son in the cab. So you see all these, and he's looking around like, okay, this is like super stalker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Crazy, which, you know, <laughs> but it's obviously he just wanted to have pictures of his son, son and he had yeah. them from his his wife and they, you know, he wanted it's, to see how his son was growing up and it was very sweet. Mm-hmm. But yeah. if you looked at it the other way, you know, if you had the audio off, right. you would think that this was super stalker guy and he's gotten this kid into his truck and yeah. Well, gonna, also, yeah. What evidence does he give to pick up his son from oh, yeah. military school? <laughs> the kid says, when the son again is yeah. being very intelligent about like, I have no idea who this person is. I want to, I see would some like ID. to see me see some ID. What does he pull out? He pulls out a eight by ten picture of him standing next to the boy's mom. At it's probably a wedding it's at, photo. It's a wedding photo. It yeah. could be well, prom. Picture from it their could wedding. Be... <laughs> yeah. No, no idea of who who he actually is. Just like, like, like I knew I your mom. For me. <laughs> I don't know what your mom looks like, but I mean that's clearly him. So you got to go with him. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, craziness. Uh, last thing I have to go over with uh, for this movie was the cinematography. Yeah. Um, what your thoughts were there? I really thought a lot of the cinematography was great. It mm-hmm. was well shot. Uh, there's some beautiful shots of them driving through Monument Valley in southern Utah. Uh, uh, I mean that that creepy montage scene was actually really nicely. It was shot beautifully. There's some yeah. really well lit stuff. The sun's rising or yeah. whatever, and yeah, it's all pretty... red and orange in the background. Yeah, a lot of close-ups of sweaty brows during the oh the, man during the the uh, arm wrestling, and I mean that closing yeah. finale. I mean, it went on like you said, three to five minutes. There must have been like eighty different shots of different people's expressions. You know, the mm-hmm. the what was the other guy's name? Bull. Bull. I remember his first name, but Bull yeah. and you know his burrow, and then they're going back and forth, and it was, it was quite the battle. It went a little too long. It went into slow mo, but don't forget you know, the blonde it, kid with the pencil mustache was, in the crowd. <laughs> it was well shot. There were so many participants in the crowd, and and some of them just looked so crazy. You you notice one? You want to talk about him a little bit? Go ahead, Bosco. We, we actually had to like pause the movie and go back and watch this because I was like, did I just make that guy up? But imagine like you're in high school. You're not in high school. Let's imagine you're in sixth grade and you're about to go into junior high. And you remember that feeling when you, you first go to junior high, everybody's starting to kind of hit puberty and like, oh my gosh, they're so old. So that feeling, the kid who is actually only 13 years old, yeah, give him a hyper platinum blonde mullet, yeah, and yeah. give him the thinnest, blondest <laughs> mustache you have ever seen, right on his, right on the tip of his lip. Yeah. And they they cut <laughs> to him pencil. several times. Yes. Actually, they cut to him a few times, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. Oh man. And I think he made the movie for me. It was, <laughs> I was going to say, don't ever see this movie, but I got to see him twice. So oh, man, that, that mustache was crazy. This movie was made for $25 million. It grossed $11.5 million at the box office. Um, it didn't really quite meet halfway. 
Yeah. So again, this was one of the three that Canon Group was planning on bringing them out of financial ruin, and it was was what like in the order of those three films, was this the first one? I don't know. Uh, so uh, Masters of the Universe came out in '87 as well. Uh-huh. This one came out in February of that year. I don't okay, know. Okay, this was probably before that. Yeah, probably right before. And well, then, do you know when Superman? Four, uh, seven, four. Superman four <laughs> came out uh, in, I believe, nineteen eighty-eight. Okay, all... so this was their first attempt out of three big money films. That the first time Canon Group has spent a lot of money on a film and failed miserably. So huh. you're saying this was a triple elimination? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Quest for Peace uh, actually came out in 1987. 87. So they all came out the same year. Yes. It was there. One. one uh... How do you make three movies in one year with those kind of budgets and yeah. fail so spectacularly? I think you answered your own question. That's fair. Yes, that's yeah. right. Also, look at their filmography. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's round, round, wrap this up by asking, so oh, yeah. where does this go on the scale? Did you think it's something you could recommend for someone to watch? It was, was, was this so bad it's good? I would say, okay, here's the criteria that I would use. If you are one into trucks, yeah. long-haul trucks... Two, if you are into just absolutely sweaty guys, or if you are into arm wrestling, any one of those three things, this is an instant win for you. I'm not really into any of those things. So I, for me, it's right around Mortal Kombat on the do not watch. Yeah, I the first time I ever saw it, I've never seen this. So I didn't have anything going into it, but it's an eek for me. Yeah, uh, I would say you know, to go along with with uh, your thoughts, uh, if you're into abandoning your children, yeah. uh, if you are into uh, keeping your uh, mothers who keep <laughs> their children in the dark about their fathers who are trying to make a connection, uh, or rich grandfathers trying to pay off uh, absent fathers to <laughs> go. <laughs> leave their kids Continue behind to stay out of their yeah. life uh then this is definitely one to to watch <laughs> but and if you're uh, any of these people <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i i agree with you this is i i would put this on the just to the right of um mortal Kombat. i think that mortal Kombat is more fun in general than this movie it's this is not a this is not a horrible, horrible movie. It's watchable one time, but I mean, it's very quickly forgettable. And you, I don't know, you may feel bad that you just wasted an hour and a half of your time. But so I'd put it just to the right of Mortal Kombat. Nate, thoughts? Let's see. Uh, so to the right is. You would rather watch. Uh, I would Kombat. rather watch Mortal Kombat than this one. Yeah. Okay. That that's where you'd. Put I'd it. agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Good point. I was gonna say I'll meet you halfway. <laughs> Across <laughs> the sky. Um, <laughs> Across the scale. But uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, just to add, you know, if you're really into underage driving, <laughs> uh, 
kids taking taxi cabs, uh, kids flying with no ID, <laughs> coming out of the coming out of the luggage carousel at the airport, <laughs> stealing a Toyota, stealing a Toyota truck and driving it to the airport and telling the telling the bell the the the, count, the <laughs> sheriff's officer there that uh, just to keep it. <laughs> Uh, then yeah, this is definitely the movie for you. But uh, I'm only into a couple of the things I mentioned, so I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with with uh, Ben and Bosco, and I'm gonna have it just to the right of Mortal Kombat. So I I got to pick this movie this this time, and I I was uh, trying to think to myself, okay, you know, this would be kind of a fun one. I know that several of us had had this on our list and wanted to see it. Uh, and, you know, it's gotten quite a reputation. I vaguely remember watching this uh, younger uh, or a long time ago, and I really couldn't remember too much about it. Um, it was fine. It wasn't great. I personally am not a Mortal Kombat guy, but uh, I would probably put it in next to that in, in the Kelly uh from Justin to Kelly or probably near solar babies over there mm-hmm. to the right. Right. I mean, it, it's in the general ballpark, um, you know, maybe watch it once, but I honestly, it's, it's got its moments, but they're just a little too far in between. Uh, there was, wasn't really a lot of magic going on in this movie for me. So yeah, I'll just leave it there. Cool. Not a whole lot of substance. A few instances where they're a little over the top. Yeah. You could put it that way. Do you have yeah. thoughts, Danny? Nothing really to add to what you guys said. I wouldn't recommend anyone to watch it. It was boring. Well, so if you're into... <laughs> I can't think of anything. In- impromptu. Yeah. You know, here, impromptu arm wrestling on pinball machines? Yes. Or at diners? Yes. Uh, if you're into uh, keeping uh, secrets from your son for 10 years. I will give you this. It, you was, love mullets. it was interesting to watch Sylvester Stallone uh, give a uh, regular performance. He yeah, wasn't right. playing anyone over the top. He was talking. He was just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of refreshing. But at the same time, it's kind of boring. Yeah. yeah. Right? They made him too regular, though. That's the problem. Yeah. I think yeah. they... He they wasn't turned him he, down into boring. Right? He wasn't yeah. talking in a rocky voice, and he wasn't, you know, obviously shooting up the joint like Rambo. Yeah, uh, this so. was not an action movie at all. Even. Yeah, yeah. So, it's like, a, if you were going, "Hey, dudes, come over and watch this funny movie," we would say, "Don't put in over the top." That's right. Yeah, I would say. That. I, I think it's telling that the other writer, the original writer, when he saw the film, was said that it's way too much about trucking and arm wrestling <laughs> which i feel are actually the most appealing parts of the show yeah. <laughs> is the driving the truck and the arm wrestling term yeah so if you want to uh follow along with our rankings uh this is the final film of our first season of the podcast so this is uh uh you can follow us on instagram at, at exceptionally bad and uh, see how our first 13 films ranked. Uh, what else? You can also reach out to us at theguysatexepsonaliva.com. Give us any feedback, comments, uh, hate mail to Danny, the producer only, please. 
any feedback you want. And, uh, Attention, Danny. You can also reach out to our website. Exceptionallymad.com And if there's any movies you want us to watch in Season 2, let us know. Yep. Anything else? I think that's it for me. All right. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bad movies with your friends. Bad movies with your friends. Oh, yeah. Ugh, that was terrible. Can we fix that in post?